All right, welcome back to Forgotten Lakers. We're here with former Los Angeles Laker Chucky Brown, played with the Lakers in the 1991-1992 season. Chucky, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, believe me, the pleasure's all mine. Anytime I get a chance to talk to a former Laker, it's a huge thrill for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first questions I like to ask is, you know, when did you start playing basketball? Like, how did you get into it? And when did you realize that, you know, you were significantly better than some of your friends, some of your teammates, and that you had a future in it? Well, I started playing basketball, uh, shoot, man. I probably was about five, six years old growing up in New York playing on the playgrounds and started out just playing for fun. Um, I played uh, – I ended up joining the team when I was in eighth grade. I went to the YMCA to play um, on 135th Street between uh, 7th and uh, Lenox Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, went up there to play and um, didn't didn't get to play on the team much. You know, I wasn't really a good player or nothing like that. But, um, you know, not being able to play just made me want to – or not being good at it made me want to work at it and try to be good at it. So I ended up – I went to Cardinal Hayes High School in the Bronx and um, tried out for the basketball team. I was always pretty athletic. I could run all day, jump, and, you know, stuff like that. I mm-hmm. uh, just, just didn't have any skill to play. And I, I got cut from the um, – as a freshman, I got cut from the team. And I remember Coach Murray telling me, uh, you know, you should have made it, but, um, you know, come back out next year. So um, I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm about to move because my father retired from the bus company. And, uh, and this was back in the early, early crack era in New York City where it was getting bad in the, you know, in the neighborhood. And my father wanted to get us out. So – and my my grandmother was sick at the time too, and so that was a great excuse for us to get out of there. So we moved to North Carolina, a small town called Nevada, which is uh, in Leland, uh, North Carolina. So we moved down there. Then I I had grown a lot over the summer, and when I got down, I was about six five when I got down here, and um, my high school coach immediately took me up to NC State University, and I started to you know I I mean I. Played on the high school team, played on varsity as a freshman or sophomore. I'm sorry, sophomore year. Didn't didn't really play a whole lot, but I really didn't realize that I was better than that I was better than everybody until probably my junior year. Mm-hmm. I went to a couple of camps. I went to Prep Stars basketball camp. I went to NC State basketball camp. Went to Wake Forest basketball camp, and just like you know, playing all the time and just you know, playing hard and just you know, just, just playing, just doing it. I had a certain feel for the game and I really felt like I was starting to get better than people around my junior year in high school. And that's just kind of when I took off from there. How'd you uh, settle on NC State? Uh, well, like, you know, when I first came down here, that was the first place that my high school coach took me. He had a good relationship with Jim Valvano, who was the coach at the time. So uh, he immediately took me up there for the, uh, for the summer camp as a sophomore. So uh, played well that, that summer, came back the next year uh, to the camp as a junior, my junior year. Uh, like I said, I, I really took off then, so they ended up, you know, starting to recruit me and, uh, you know, inviting me up to games and stuff like that. So, you know, and I had a couple of guys, like, you know, being from New York, you kind of, just like any other place, like, you know, if, if you're from Dallas, you know, you go to a new place, 
you find people from Dallas, you'll kind of gravitate to them because, you know, you have sure. something familiar going on. So, you know, in, in down here, uh, Lorenzo Charles was from Brooklyn. Ernie Myers was from Spanish Harlem. Uh, Tavian Benz was from the Bronx. So, you know, I was familiar with that, and I was from Harlem myself. So that kind of drew me towards uh, NC State right there because they had some New, York, <laughs> some New Yorkers on the because I really didn't know anything about NC State, to be honest with you. I knew more about uh, North Carolina because they were just coming off a national championship. I was a Big East fan, grew mm-hmm. up a Syracuse fan, and Georgetown, they had just beat Georgetown in the national championship. So I really didn't know much about NC State, but, um, you know, that's what got me there is that my coach, and then Jim Valvano was from Queens himself. So, oh, you know, cool. that helped out tremendously as well. So him being from Queens, Ernie being from Spanish Hall, Lorenzo being from Brooklyn, Tavian Benz being from the Bronx, you know, I just kind of felt at home. I mean, I didn't really even care where the other guys were from. I had somebody who I could talk, you know, talk that New York talk to them. So, um, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, that was it. So that's, that's what pretty much got me into because I really didn't know anything about it. So then another thing I like when I'm setting up a recording with a former Laker, uh, I, mm-hmm. I like to look up what happened in their first NBA game. Do you remember what happened in yours? Okay. Uh, my first NBA game as a rookie, do I remember? Um, I mean, I remember like my first preseason, what happened in my first preseason game. Okay. I remember that, but I don't remember what happened in the first regular season. I, I don't remember the first regular season game. I don't think I played much until January. Yeah, I, I was looking at the box score earlier, and yeah, I think you played about 15 minutes or so, but it was in Chicago against the Bulls, and Jordan dropped 54. So I just wanted to see if you remembered that. Oh, now I remember. Yeah, I think Ron Harper had like 39, right? Didn't yeah, Ron yeah, have exactly. like 39 again? I think he had 37. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember in Chicago. Yeah, I remember, I remember a little bit of that game. I think I got a tip in off a free throw. I remember uh-huh. that. Now that you bring that up, yeah, I got a tip. I, I might have had like two or four points that game. I can't remember. Yeah, um, I think I, I, do yeah, remember I think getting saw that you played about 15 minutes. Yeah, and then I saw that Jordan had 54, and I was like, oh, man, I got to ask him about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it now that you said it. Yeah, I remember it. I just remember you know, being with Cleveland. We had a really good team. We had Mark Price, uh, who was a really good player, Ron Harper, Craig Elo, Larry Nance, Hot Rod Williams, Brad Doherty. So we had a really good young team. And again, you know, for me, being a, a former ACC player, you know, I kind of identified with those guys as well because Mark Price played at Georgia Tech, uh, which is in the ACC. Larry Nance played at Clemson. Uh, we also had Tree Rollins, I believe. Tree Rollins played at Clemson as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Doherty played at UNC. So, you know, it was, it was a, a really good situation, uh, really familiar for me. But, you know, we, we felt like we could beat them because we had a guy that could match up with Jordan, you know, almost bucket for bucket. We, you know, Ron Harper was a really, really good player. This was before he hurt his knee. Yeah, before um, the injuries. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, this was before the injury. This was before he went to the Clippers when they started calling him Hollywood Harper and all that. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember all that. But uh, but I do remember them going back and forth, going at it. And I just remember, uh, you know, Jordan, of course, uh, being a UNC guy. And I, I've got a little bit of a background with Mike too, because when I was in high school, you know, Mike is from Wilmington, and Leland is right across the bridge from Wilmington. So when I was in high school, Mike had called a friend. We had a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mike had him bring me over his house. 
and I sat up and watched the NBA Finals uh, with Mike. With, it was, I think it was the Lakers and the Celtics or somebody like that playing. Um, I might have been in college or something like that, but I went over to Jordan's house, so we sat up and talked, and that was my first uh, introduction to Jordan. So wow. uh, being on the court with him was kind of was kind of awesome. Uh, just you know, just the way he played. He played hard. He talked a lot of trash, but he backed it up. He didn't say anything degrading to anybody that makes you want to fight him. He'd just tell you something like, he'll tell you something like, all right, I'm about to go left and get me an and one. Then it happened and he'll say, I told you. You know, <laughs> he did just stuff like that, you know. So he wasn't he wasn't a guy that, you know, you wanted to sock him in his nose, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't he wasn't like that. He, Mike was never a vicious type of guy like that. Um, as far as when he talked trash, or at least when I heard him talk trash, he wasn't like that. But I do remember that game. Uh, the Bulls won, uh, mm-hmm. but I do remember we put up a uh, we put up a, a, a pretty good fight uh, in that game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just looking at the score. I think it was like a four point game. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a tight game. Yeah, I remember yeah, it, was it was a tight game. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a tight game. So then, early in your third year, you get picked up by the mm-hmm. Lakers. And it was about roughly about a month after Magic had announced his retirement due to his illness. Mm-hmm. So when right. you when you get to LA, do you still sense like a cloud hanging over the team from that, or what was the vibe like? Or was it something you could sense? Or um, to be honest, man, I really didn't even think about it. I was just happy to um, be be with the Lakers. To be honest with you, um, I had two I had two teams. I got released by the Cavaliers and I had two teams that were interested that called my agent at the time. It was the Knicks and the Lakers. And uh, I said, well, I said, you know, I grew up in New York. You know, I ain't never been to LA. So I, t- I told him to tell Jerry West, I want to come play in LA. <laughs> so, and that was the whole, that was the reason why because I had never been to California. Uh, you know, you hear so much about it. And uh, that was the whole reason why I went out there. And I never, you know, I never sensed a cloud or anything like that. I, I got there. I didn't really, I didn't really know anybody. Um, I think it was like right after Thanksgiving because I remember having Thanksgiving dinner with my mom mm-hmm. uh, before I had to go, um, fly to fly out to LA. But I didn't really know anybody on the team. I mean, my favorite player, you know, growing up was James Worthy. So yeah, I was going to really ask you what. Good. What was that like having huh? him? Oh yeah, I was going to ask you what was that like having him as a teammate because I had uh, read that he was your favorite player growing up. Yeah, that was you know that was you know I didn't I never told him mm-hmm. that he was my favorite player, but you know I just wanted to practice against him and I wanted to learn everything that I could from him, you know, game situations and stuff like that. So it was just it was awesome to be every day just to you know I don't know if he could sense that. You know, I was like, you know, infatuated or whatever you want to call it with him. <laughs> so, but like, we go on the road, and I try to go out and eat with him, and all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So I, you know, I was young, about twenty-two years old back then. So yeah. he's being around your favorite player. I mean, that's you know, that, that's that's special. You know, but I, I ended up telling him we were at a golf tournament, uh, Phil Ford's golf tournament down here, and I ended up telling him then <laughs> that he was my favorite player. Uh, you know, that's years later. But, uh, but, yeah, man, he's always been my favorite player. And I used to watch him. You know, like I said, I watched him in practice, watched him in games. Um, and just tried to learn and, and just tried to, you know, just tried to learn from him and, and try to take little spots of his game uh, that I like and add it 
um, to my game. But, um, but yeah, I, I never sensed a cloud or anything, you know, to get back to that. I never sensed a cloud or anything over the team. You know, mm-hmm. I just thought everyone you – know, I didn't pay any attention to it, really. You know, I just felt like it was a thing where, you know, Magic, you know, came out and said what he said. It was – I thought it was very brave of him to do that because he could have just, you know, said something else. You know, this was at a time when, um, you know, nobody knew anything about the, the disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the illness, whatever you want to call it. Nobody knew nothing about it. So, you know, for him to come out and say that, you know, and we used to see Magic come around all the time. I mean, he, you know, you would never tell that anything was wrong with him because his spirit seemed so high. You know, sure. and I've always told, I've always told people that out of all of the superstars, I mean, I've met Magic, Mike, Larry, you know, Kareem, you name it. You know, you know, Doc, Doc is probably the smoothest of all Dr. J is. Mm-hmm. But Magic is probably the nicest guy that I've, as far as superstars, that I've met. You know, he always called me, you know, by my name. You know, when I was working with the Lakers later, he always called me coach. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I just, you know, and, and all the people he meet, for him to remember my face, you know, just made me feel good. So Magic is, is one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And then going into a couple of your other stops in your career, Mm-hmm. When I was talking to Tracy Murray, he was talking a lot about the just the confidence the '95 Rockets had in the their, during their play right. your, your playoff run. Right. So, can you go into some memories of that playoff run where you just felt like you know that your confidence kind of you know took y'all over the top to eventually win your second consecutive title. Yeah, uh, I can remember several games. Like I remember the first series we played against Utah. Back then, it was best three out of five. So. We go in um, and we're down 2-1. We're down 2-1. We play game four in Houston and we win and we have to go up to Utah for game five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Utah, I mean, that back then they had a, such a loud crowd and, you know, it was it was tough to play there, plus with the altitude and stuff there. It was tough to play there. Mm-hmm. You know, we go in and uh, we, we pull that game out. Uh, so we go, I mean, we but the thing was, we were packed. We came there packed to go to Phoenix. So, uh, you know, the guys had every intention of going to Utah to win. We felt like we could win that game. And uh, the confidence level was just super high. So we go play Phoenix. We're, we're down 3-1. We're down 3-1 going into game five at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So uh, we hear about uh, A.C. Green wrote something on the board saying that they won't be coming back to Houston or something like that. So we go in and, and then Clyde is sick. Game five, Clyde is sick. You know, that's one of our star players. Clyde is sick. And uh, we go out, and I have a big game that game. We we win in overtime. I believe we won it in overtime. Um, and I just remember, you know, winning after we won that game, I remember Kenny Smith coming in the locker room saying, we got him now. So we go back, game six, uh, and we win game six in Houston. We blow him out. We smash him. Come yeah. back to Phoenix for Game Seven, and went. And right before we go out on the floor, I remember Dream coming out, and you know he has the African accent, so I'll, I'll do it the best I can. Okay. Uh, he comes out. He <laughs> he comes out the locker room, and you know he he was always the last one out the locker room. So we always wait in the hallway. You know we say our little thing. Kenny used to say our little thing to pump us up to get us to run out on the floor. But Dream <laughs> comes out, and so uh, he just comes out. He says. Let's go out and shock them. You know, there it was right there. So 
We did our little thing, ran out on the floor. I remember being down 10 at halftime, mm-hmm. down 57-47. So I'm a little concerned, you know. This is yeah. the first time I've been in that situation. And, you know, they're, they're calm in the locker room. And Dream just said, we we right where we need to be. You know, and I, and I was always taught coming up that, you know, when you go in the locker room, you want to be either down two baskets or up two baskets. You know, mm-hmm. we were down five baskets. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, what did he talk about? I was like, all right, well, if he say so, you know, then that's what it is. So, you know, we ended up coming back, winning that game. That was when Mario blew the kiss of death to Joe Klein. But yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that the reason why he did that was because during the game, Joe Klein was blowing the kiss of the bench, kiss of death at the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire time. So that's why Mario blew the kiss of death back at him uh, at the end of the game. Uh, then, you know, we went on to play San Antonio. We hadn't beat San Antonio all year. They were all tough games. They beat us four times. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we go in there. We win the first two. Uh, lost the next two at home. Then we ended up uh, winning the next one in San Antonio and then winning the next one at home to close it out to go to the finals. And, you know, we sat and watched the finals. I remember Kenny, Kenny Smith and I, we were sitting in the studio. We made a song about our championship run. We made a rap song about our championship run. Um, <laughs> and we were sitting in the studio. <laughs> it was a funny little rap. But we were sitting in the studio um, with this guy, Mad Hatter. We were sitting with Mad Hatter, who was a big-time DJ in Houston. I don't know if he's still around or not. But he was a big time DJ in Houston. So we recording this song and we're watching the um Indiana and uh Orlando play. And after Orlando won the game, it was celebrating so much. And Kenny said, We got them. He said it straight up. We got they they celebrating too hard. They're too happy to get there. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we went out and we swept. Yeah, and you were like Orlando had home court and Yep. Yeah, yep. I remember that big lead in game one, and then they, Kenny hit that yep. three and into overtime, and y'all pulled it out and ended up sweeping them. So, yep. so given that this is a Lakers podcast, there's one series that I still think about all the time, the 2002 Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. You're on the Kings at that time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I vividly remember, like, you and Mateen Cleaves and, like, you know, jumping up and down on the bench, waving towels. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some memories from that series. I mean, can you describe what the locker room was like after game four when Robert Ory hit that three to win? Um, You know, that Sacramento team was probably one of the best teams to not win a championship. So, oh, for sure. The, 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 the mentality, you know, Webb and – you know, Mike Bibby was ice cold, and Mike Bibby was killing that series. Um, and we, you know, Mateen and I had fun over there on the bench. We was talking so much junk to Shaq. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we would just talk. You know, we knew we weren't going to get out there and play again, so we were talking so much smack to Shaq. Uh, you know, just having a good time. But, you know, we, we, we felt like we were the better team. I mean, we yeah. felt like there was no question about it. We felt like, you know, in the end, I mean, I know it's a Laker podcast, but we felt like we got robbed. You oh, know, we I felt like, uh, yeah, I understand. We, we felt like the calls, you know, we were we were a finesse team, mm-hmm. and for Webb to have five fouls or Vladi have five fouls or whatever, six fouls to foul out, or Mike Bibby to get fouls, you know, we just felt like, you know, we ain't even that type of team where we reach. You know, Doug Christie was our defensive guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug Christie. Now, with Doug, if Doug got five fouls. 
okay, we, we understand it. Because Doug was our guy that played physical and would, would reach and gamble for steals and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we felt like we got robbed, but we felt like we were the better team. After game four, I mean, I remember coming in the locker room, we was like, yo, game five is at home. We still got home court. You know, the, yeah, the, we said our, our, our whole thing was, you know, the Lakers did what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to win that game. You know, they had to win it, and they did it. So mm-hmm. we went out we said, well, we got to take care of business in game five. And uh, that's exactly what we did. We went out and we won game five. Then we went to game six was where uh, I think that was where all them fouls were being called on us in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Even after, yeah. yeah even, even after that game, we didn't, you know, we was like, all right, well, they, they got us at least game seven. We're home, mm-hmm. you know. So we get to game seven. Um, and the one thing I remember talking to Cleves on the bench, because we used to talk all the time on the bench, uh, despite talking junk. You know, Lawrence Funderburg was another one we used to talk, we used to talk junk over there with us. But, uh, yeah. I remember we were playing the game. We were we missed a lot of free throws that game. You did. And I yeah, remember telling Cleves, yeah. yeah, we missed a lot of free throws. And I remember the one thing that we did not work on in practice before game seven, and we did it all the time. But the one thing we didn't work on was free throws, and that mm-hmm. we missed a lot of free throws that game. Yeah, I just looked it up. Y'all were 16 for 30 that game on from the line. Yep, 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 yep. I remember that specifically, man. We, yeah. we, we did not work on free throws before that game, and we were typically a very good free throw shooting team. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Peja, Turkaloo. Bobby Jackson was a good free throw shooter. Mike Bibby was a good free throw shooter. Vladi was a good free throw shooter. I think Webb was decent, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were typically a good uh, free throw shooting team, but that particular game we didn't make our free throws. That's why we lost. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, that was such an incredible series. And, yeah, well, looking at that box, oh, yeah. Jack was 11 for 15 from the line um, somehow. Right. Uh, somehow, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> What are you doing now? Are you you're scouting with the Pelicans? Is that correct? Uh, no, not anymore. I was scouting oh, no. with the oh, Pelicans okay. after I, yeah after I got done um, playing. I did. Uh, I coached uh, first. I went back to school, finished up, and got my degree, got a BA in sociology, which I was close to finishing. I then uh, started working with the mentoring program with the uh, NBA developmental league. Mm-hmm. Then I got hired as a coach for the developmental league. For I did that for eight years. I did four in Roanoke, and I did four with the L.A. Defenders. Then after the the lockout came, uh, the Lakers decided to shut the team down. So uh, when they shut the team down, I ended up – that's when I got into the scouting mm-hmm. uh, with the Pelicans. And um, after that, the, the, the Pelicans had to – I did that for like seven years, and then Pelicans – you know, when you don't win, you got to make cuts, and they start at the bottom instead of the top. So, oh, they, uh, okay. cut. Through, yeah, they cut three of the scouts. Um, I happen to be one of them, mm-hmm. and now I kind of do. So I do some ESPN three college basketball stuff. Also, I do so, a little uh, work with NC State, um, which is where I went to college. Uh, mentoring, I got a couple of football players that I mentor. Uh, so I'm just kind of doing a little everything. I got my own little. Um, like a little basketball academy where I train kids um, who want to want to play basketball, and um, you know, just doing you know, just doing doing things and just trying to stay within the game. Would love to get back into coaching. Have had a few coaching interviews. You know, nothing mm-hmm. has materialized. Uh, you know, it's just 
you know, things have changed so much. You have um, you know, the, the the new way, the new style of playing now, where everyone wants to shoot threes. You know, and I'm I'm pretty much an old school guy. You know, you get that ball in the paint. You know, the yeah. points in the paint are what what what's big. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just just have to find the right match for me and something that works. Um, just haven't found it yet. But I've had several interviews with different teams about getting, uh, you know, being able to coach with them, uh, the developmental league teams or uh, with their, you know, professional teams or with their NBA teams. So, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to hang around and just, just, just find, find my spot. You know, I've been doing basketball all my life. I don't think it makes much sense to have to go into um, another career and have to start at the bottom, you know, when I've oh, got yeah. so much experience with basketball, you know, and it has that. I, I tried to do that, and you know, they want you to start, you know, where a 20, 20 year old just come out of college. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm forty years old. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> so so it don't, you know, it doesn't necessarily work like that in the real world. So you know, I'm just trying to you know find my way. You know, one other question I had, what uh, that I'd like to end the podcast with? Uh, are you still do you okay. still play pickup at all, or have you hung up your sneakers for good? Um, you know, I play every now and then. Um, what I also do now a little bit is, you know, I, I tend to, to uh, uh, officiate some rec league games from time to time. Um, but I I, uh, I play a little bit. I don't play as much as I used to. I, I do more working out just to keep my body in shape. Um, you know, because a lot of guys let themselves go. I haven't let myself go. I'm, I'm you know, underneath my playing weight. Uh, wow. When I finished, so I'm about yeah, I'm about 235 now. I ended my career at like 245. So you know, I try to uh, stay healthy. Um, you know, eat right. You know, drink a lot of water and stuff like that. You know, you know, because you know, you just you just want to. You know, you're not you're not as active as you used to be, um, even when you work out. You know, so um, I'm just trying to do that. And, you know, just 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 keep myself in shape. But I don't play as much as I used to. No, it's, it's, you know, because some of some of these guys, they take it a little too serious, and you know, it's really. I, I've I've been serious about basketball over twenty years, and if I was to play now, I just want to have fun. Yeah. If I can't have fun, I'm not I'm not gonna play. Cool, makes sense. Well, um, thank you so much, Chucky, for your time tonight. I enjoyed hearing about your Laker career and a few of your other stops. So I, I appreciate your time, and hope everything goes well for you. All right. Well, thank you, man, and and send me that link. Oh, yeah, for sure. I will. I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.